No, you're, you're 100% right, Joe. And, and as a criminal defense attorney, I look at this, and if I'm having a client go to trial on some insurrection charge, I don't think anyone's actually been charged with insurrection. It's Most of the people are charged with disorderly conduct and obstructing a government event or something to that effect. I, I'd be showing that going, look, if I had a client charged with trespassing, it being invited, being an invited guest on the premises is a defense to trespassing. Look, they went there to exercise their First Amendment right. Law enforcement as the authority to tell people they can or can't come in the building stands aside, opens the door. At the very least, their body language, their mannerisms, it implies to anybody who understands authority when a cop stands in the way and, you know, cop puts their hand up and says, stop, you understand that when they stand aside and their body moves to the side and they have an opening, you're saying, wow, I can go right in. You walk in, they're not stopping you. They're not putting the handcuffs on you. But here's the thing. If you went into the building under the auspices that you were invited in there and you didn't commit a crime therein, you didn't break anything, didn't hurt anybody, didn't steal anything, you should not be charged. Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host. And tonight we have an awesome show filled with guests from all around. Uh, We're going to be talking about how we almost lost the nation. Of course, I'm talking about Insurrection Day, January 6th, the worst day. It supplanted D-Day. It supplanted uh, Pearl Harbor attack, 9-11 mine 11. Uh, we almost lost the nation, guys. You were live for it. I know whenever you see the Capitol or a MAGA hat, you just like quiver on the inside and your eyes fill with tears. I'm just conjuring images of AOC. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking a little bit about the election audit in Arizona and probably whatever else we feel like talking about. If you're new to the show, so glad you're here. This is the show for uncloseted conservatism, which I describe as sharing your thoughts, your opinions, and your beliefs without fear, without fail. Guys, let's get ready for the show. All right. So let's bring in our guest. Awesome. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Awesome. How you doing, Joe? Thank you so much for having us. Hey, Joe. Thanks. For I'm doing me. just fine. All right. So for everyone who doesn't know, we've got Demis Christophe, uh, who is also a freshman podcaster, YouTube channel. The links are going to be below for you. And we also have... Now, this is funny. I, I have to admit, uh, Bob, I... <laughs> I owe you an apology, man. I uploaded this. We've got Bob and Eric from Bob and Eric Save America. 
But when I first put the stream out, I put it out as Bob and Dave Save America. <laughs> and I got to say, my SEO is pretty good because if you type in Bob and Dave into the internet, this interview is the first thing that's going to come up, even though it's been corrected. Uh, but we've got, you know, Bob and Eric slash alias Bob Dave uh, on the show. You guys are, your show's on uh, uh, Freedom Network now. Mm-hmm. Freedom First Network, yeah. Freedom First Network, so close. I don't use script, guys, you can tell. Uh, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about your shows, uh, uh, both sets of people. Go, Eric. Well, I, we've been doing our show now for two years, and it's really uh, social commentary. I mean, we talk about politics, but so much of politics comes downhill from what's going on culturally. So what we try to do is really comment on what's going on in this country, and, and more importantly, where we're going, try to figure that out. Since Bob and Eric Save America, we started doing it in September 2019. Uh, all props be to my co-host, Bob Dunlap, who brought me into this. I had never podcasted before in my life, and he said, hey, you want to do this show with me? So we're with another network for a while. We had Weekly Rock Up with Bob and Eric, and we've been with Freedom first now for a little over a year. We're delighted to be with them. We've had amazing guests. We've had Dinesh D'Souza, Juanita Broderick. We've had George Papadopoulos. Uh, you name it, they've probably been on our show. And we're going now, you know, starting on our, gosh, our third year of doing this. And it's, it's really exciting. We're so happy to be here. We get to be on shows like yours. And there's no shortage of news. There's no shortage of things to discuss. And I think that we have to bypass the mainstream media and the fake news. And, and citizen journalists, like people like us, I don't want to give us too much credit, but I'm going to give us credit. We're talking about the things that you're not going to see. You're not even going to see it on OAN or Fox News. So people are really tuning into it. I know as a consumer of media, that's where I go and that's where a lot of us go. So we're just delighted to be here and honored to be a part of it. Well, I can tell you about it. Um, it. Personally, I think it was God started the show, gave me the idea to get a webcam, and I met Eric, and I said, hey, let's do this. But uh, we also had last week, Jovan Pulitzer, who, with the audit coming out tomorrow, I thought that was a pretty big <laughs> guest. But we just try to have fun and talk about the current events. That's it. Absolutely, guys. If you want to catch that episode... I highly recommend that you do. Uh, This is where you can find their podcast if you just type this in. Uh, It's Bob and Eric, not Dave and Eric. Uh, Bob and Eric Save America, uh, Freedom First Network. I don't know why I couldn't remember that, guys. Uh, But I actually listened to this interview twice. It's really good. Um, And and we're probably going to talk about that a little bit towards the tail end uh, and some of those remarks that Javon Pulitzer had. Uh, but this is where you can get in touch with them. You guys are also on Twitter. Um, you can go to freedomfirstnetwork.com and find their show that way as well as their Rumble channel. Guys, our days are numbered on YouTube. You know it. I know it. Listeners, viewers, you know it as well. If you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast. We're out of the closet conservatives. It could go down at any moment. Uh, So you've got to find us on alternate platforms. And I think there's no better place than Rumble um, competing with YouTube. But if you want to do the internet done right, uh, I highly recommend that you guys check out Locals. Um, I don't know if you guys have a Locals. Freedom First Network does have a Locals. And it's, it's Dave Rubin and his crew. It's the internet done right. I believe that they have it hosted securely. uh, So it it should be difficult for uh, the big boys to take them down. But if you haven't checked out that platform, check it out. My website there is is thejomobleyshow.locals.com and can't say enough positive things about it. Uh, Demis, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your show, brother. So I became famous when I 
<laughs> told the Latin schoolboy to call me master. <laughs> um, but uh, before that, a friend of mine and I, we started a show called Immigrant's Corner, Immigrant Corner, where uh, we decided to use our own experiences immigrating to the United States and uh, mix it up with current events and, and, and basically give a perspective to immigrants from Iran talking about what's going on here and and like how we adapted to this country, how we came part of the culture and all that stuff and and how it's deteriorating in front of our eyes. But what we do is we mix it with hist- historic events, uh, events that happened like in 18th century, 19th century. We also like will uh, compare it to Middle East, China and other countries and, you know, just give a perspective on from our view, from our point of view to others. So um, yeah, I'm I'm a freshman podcaster, man. So <laughs> I'm I'm just starting out. Uh, the Loudon thing was not rehearsed. That was like my true feelings because uh, I have kids in school, and you know the, the this garbage that they're trying to push on the kids just set me on fire. So uh, I guess that was my calling. I found my voice. I, I can say, um, and uh, yeah, I'm then you know I I talked to Joe a few times, uh, and hopefully we could make something happen, man. We try to get our voices heard and make the platform larger than it is now. Have more audience, more people, you know, tune in and actually listen to what we have to say. You know, we're not necessarily trying to pin people against each other. We're trying to show people what what's happening in front of our eyes. So awesome. And uh, yeah, you, you really got thrust into the spotlight, brother. We, uh, so Bob and Eric, uh, Demis and I live in Loudoun County. So a place that no one had heard of until COVID. And uh, as and day out their hashtag uh ian's hashtag is all day every day uh and that's true we're we're fighting this i lose you there joe i I do one to three topics i sent you guys Uh uh-oh am i back you're back back. yeah yeah all right uh so tonight we're actually talking about uh january 6th the insurrection of it all. Uh, so it looks like there was there was a drop and uh, the Capitol Police lost this this battle to keep everything classified and, and where no one could see it. Um, but Zoe Tillman, she's got a great article in BuzzFeed. I don't know if you guys got to read the article, but basically the long and short of it is, is that day by day, the narrative is is just falling apart uh that this was you know the worst insurrection in the world i mean yeah there's there's a lot of people but they're basically taking selfies you've seen old people walking around in the capitol uh and, and they're the more the famous folks in that video man you see how much destruction going on in there just walking around that's all it yeah is. <laughs> so let me 
let me flip it on you for a minute. Imagine if it were Democrats doing that and when they were going to be uh, deciding the election of a Republican. You'd have Don Lemon, you'd have Chris Cuomo on CNN. They'd be crying. They'd be going, this is democracy in action, ladies and gentlemen. This is stunning and brave display of patriotism here. Americans fighting for the future of their country. I am so proud right now to be here, be a part of this. Look at these wonderful people. They've done this before. They've occupied capitals before. They've occupied Senate buildings before. I put out on Twitter about an hour ago, just, hey, for your consideration, footage of the White House in June 2020 at the height of the George Floyd riots when they were starting fires on the White House grounds. Now, juxtapose that image with what you've seen there. I've seen worst Saturday mornings at Costco. That is nothing. My kids' soccer games are more <laughs> raucous than that. That is the dumbest insurrection I've ever seen. And it's crazy we're having this conversation because we just saw an insurrection in Afghanistan less than a month ago. Oh, yeah. The the, the funny, here's, I'll, I'll give you my perspective on this. If uh, we have to quote Chris Cuomo. He said, who says uh, protest needs to be peaceful? Isn't that what he said? That's yeah, exactly yeah. what he said. When BLM and Antifa were destroying, you know, destroying the country, going around looting and burning and all that stuff. So he said, why is the person, who, where is it written? What is it written that protest needs to be peaceful? So you know what? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have to hold them to their own word. And I told this to Joe all the time. You have to play their game, but you have to play it better. Use their own words against them. And that's the only way we could get ahead because now they set the rules. We're going to play by their own rules because then they can't complain because this is the rules they set. So for them to come and say January 6th was an insurrection, I'm sorry, three broken windows? <laughs> They don't care about the rules, though. That's what you're all right. Well, I, I know they don't care about the rules, but, you know, we play their rules. This is their rules, right? And um, I I always use their own talking points with them and question them. And for them to come back and say this was an insurrection, they, you know, they all they do is use words, throw up words. They just combine words together that doesn't even make sense. They just, you know, make up these kind of statements to uh, to work on people's feelings. Look, living in Iran, all they did was propaganda. All they do is propaganda. Propaganda machines are the Middle Eastern people. ISIS, one of the best propaganda videos they were pouring out, it was, it was filmed in 3D. They were filming 3D images while they were doing executions. High 4K technology. This is how they use the propaganda machine to recruit people. Taliban does the same thing. And I give you a good joke. Uh, some guy is like, you know, he's trying to upload a video on his phone and he had an AT&T sign. He's like, how is it that Taliban can upload an execution video from a cave? I can't even do that on the street. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me on January 6th. I've, I've said... That people need to start outing themselves because I was there on January 6th. I didn't go into the Capitol. I didn't go near the Capitol. Um, but just the story of what's being told is total bull crap. Rick, you hit the net. Like, why is it that regular people? Joe, what's going everybody. on? It's your internet. Yeah, we Anyone who lives, uh oh. Yeah, you. I think your internet connection is kind of slowing down. It's not just us, Eric. 
It's, it's, it's the solar flare. The yeah. solar flare is going to happen yeah. before tomorrow. The internet's going to be out. No, it's this crappy router. I was just talking with uh, Casey back when he was in here. Um, the router's limited to like four or 600, even though there's a gig coming. Well, a gig being sent to the house, but not to the router. Anyway, Verizon's coming on uh, Monday or Tuesday to fix that. So, uh, but Eric, why why are people having trouble shearing up their own lived experience with the bullcrap that the media is telling us? Because in reality, there's never been an insurrection with no firearms. And there still hasn't been because January 6th wasn't an insurrection. Well, the problem with January 6th is the messaging. The left, and the left is more than the Democratic Party. The left is the media. The left is academia, big tech. I mean, just to segue briefly with the Hunter Biden laptop thing, watch what big tech was able to do. They colluded very quickly and shut that story down weeks before the election. And now six, seven, eight months later, they can let it out again because it's not going to hurt Joe Biden. They don't care about Joe Biden anyway at this point. The bottom line is that the left, that machine, that multi-tentacled beast that they are, they're able to coalesce and narrative so quickly and so perfectly, the right is still playing catch-up. When January 6th happened, our people, our leaders came out and condemned it immediately when they should have said, we don't know everything that happened. Let's do the investigation. Let's find out the facts first. That's the first place where we failed. Mm -hmm. The second place where we failed was we didn't seize on the narrative when we should have, when we needed to be on the attack. Back in May and June of 2020, when a real-life, honest-to-goodness insurrection was taking place in this country with the BLM and Antifa riots, 75-plus cities, multi-billion dollars in funding, Kamala Harris coming out and saying, hey, if you get arrested, I'll bail you out. That was a planned, coordinated insurrection. And the problem is the right sat back and we said, hey, let's let the Democrats dig their own grave because they're never going to get reelected in November. Well, I got to tell you something. If you're willing to burn your country down, you're willing to steal an election. Republicans, conservatives, I can't stress it enough. They still can't bring themselves down to the gutter to fight like the Democrats do. We take the high road, but this is a ground fight, guys. You got to learn how to fight dirty. And too many Republicans are just not willing to do it. And we're losing the fight because of it oh, I totally agree the, the, yeah, problem is the, the Republican uh, the Republican uh, politicians they're spineless they're absolutely spineless they're not they're, they're not you know they're, they're Republican by name but they're the they're the biggest wuss I've ever seen in my life none of them have stood up there's only like not even a handful three or four of them without balls women mm-hmm. yes the women yeah you're right yeah, yeah. So <laughs> party of Unix, <laughs> and, and you know, like you know, Jim Jordan, he's 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 a cool guy, but again, like he he plays into their hand all day. I think they're all on the payroll of China. Let's just face it, or or they'd be fighting for us, like Trump. I don't think Trump's blackmailed by anybody, so he, he's no. But again, Trump is not a Republican. You got to right. people. People need to realize Trump is not a Republican. That's the only ticket he had to to play with. So in order for him to be to be elected, he had to get on the Republican ticket. Right. So I agree. Know, Republicans are not populist. Trump's no. Trump's a populist, and and Republicans, honestly, the parties are the same. They're they're both mm-hmm. intertwined with big tech, with big pharma, with mm-hmm. the military industrial complex. Uh, and if you guys are fans of uh, Larry Arn, uh, Hillsdale College. He nails it. And there's free courses they have on the Constitution, which people need to watch. Um, they go through the Federalists. They go through the Constitution. They go through a lot of the—they go through Genesis. Um, 
he says the government works, this three-bodied government uh, with checks and balances, if they have means and interest. They have the means. The Constitution gives each branch the means by which to correct you know, uh, overreach, but they don't have the interest anymore because they're all the same. And the blue versus red thing, that's the real smoke and mirrors. It's the, the parties are almost indiscernible except for us, the, the people outside of politics. We're the only ones that are actually believing in conservatism or liberalism and then far left or farther right political ideologies. Uh, but anyway, I cut you off, Bob. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait. <sighs> that was a perfect statement. I mean, they're, they're all one big party. They're all, you hit it. Big pharma. I mean, we can go on and on. Who knew the pharmacies how evil they were? I mean, there's three different cures now I know of this, this thing. Hydrochloroquine, ivermectin, and now did you, have y'all ever heard of L-lysine? It's amino acid. Apparently that cures it too. I got 180 pills, 1,000 milligrams for $9 free shipping. No wonder the pharmacies don't want us to know about it. So everybody's on the take, man. I never knew greed was as bad as it is until Trump came along. So, I mean, is it the, me? Go ahead, go ahead Demis. You got uh, to look at it this way, man. Uh, uh, most ordinary folks are not tuned in they are completely unaware of what's going on yeah. only because they choose not to be aware. They don't want to, they're like, I'm not political. I don't care what happens. You know, I just want to live my, my, my life. Leave me alone. Just let, let me be. And unfortunately, those are the ones are, are going to be hurting most because when it comes time for need for this kind of, uh, any type of treatment, uh, they're not going to find it anymore mm-hmm. because, you know, as you uh, as you said, like uh, hydroxychloroquine, it became illegal in California. It's illegal in California. You cannot uh, you, you cannot get it anywhere. They will not prescribe you hydroxychloroquine, and anything that will show some sort of improvement will be off the shelves. Will be so hard to get for individuals, for, for regular individuals, for somebody that lives in the suburbs or lives in the country that doesn't even come near the public arena, let's say once, he maybe they come maybe like once or twice and they're oblivious to everything that's going on around them. Mm-hmm. And once they enter the society, they're like, what the hell's going on? Can we pull on that thread for a second? How incredible that not just the government, but private companies, of course, big tech, big pharma, have this such rich power that they can make something disappear that they just don't like. Not something that's wrong, not something that has legal, moral, or ethical issues, just something they don't like and don't disagree with. They can make it go away permanently. Is is that not the scariest thing? Because someone said it might have been um, it might have been Dinesh, but someone said if they can, yeah, it was Dinesh. If they can make you go, if they can make you disappear from the internet, they can make you disappear. Period, and that's a fact. Yeah. Look at the yeah. Ask Laura Loomer. <laughs> hey, I, had a, I had a comment on the people that don't, <laughs> the people that don't um, just leave me alone. I don't care about politics. Well. 
Think about the Australian citizenship right now. No, leave me alone. I don't care about politics. I'm going to go walk in the park. Wee doo, wee doo. Yeah, now you care, huh? I mean, the, the, the issue is even at even now, even now, then it, it's the crowd that are on the street protesting is not big. If you see the crowd, it's still not as big as you think it's going to be. So these people are 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 used to being told what to do. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the Middle East. Middle East functions only under dictatorship. These people want somebody to tell them what to do, <laughs> when to go out, how to eat, how to dress, and all that stuff, right? So, you know, we go in and we're like, hey, we want to give you guys democracy. We show you guys what democracy is, but it never works. It never works in that region because they are used to it. That's what they are used to. That's the culture, right? So... Mm-hmm. For us, who we always, like, most of the immigrants come here to because of the freedom. You know, like, I would not be able to do this in Iran or any other Middle Eastern country, right? It's not happening. But here, I can. But what's happening now, it's, you're going to see, you're seeing this big shift from having the freedom to speak to being silenced and edited and taken off the platform or whatever they're doing, you know, it's because we gave them the power to do it. We allowed it. We allowed it to happen. But think about it this way. Think about how it's coming back on us. Think about cancel culture as a form of censorship, but it's a form of self-censorship. It's not the government doing it. We're, We're ourselves, our own people are doing it. We're people. Yeah, you have the right to get out and say whatever you want. But if you have a family, if you have a job, if you have standing in your community, God forbid you say the wrong thing and you attack the wrong people or don't toe the line, they could go after your job. They could go after your, where your kids go to school. Yep. You could find yourself fired. My God, you put out a Facebook post that says, I don't think the vaccine is something that I'm going to take. Next thing you know, you're, someone emails your boss, your kid's school, they're you know harassing your kids at school. These are real stories that are really happening. So we've created this monster here. It's like we've, we've got all this freedom and we're so comfortable that now we need to find some grievance. Well, let's find grievance and you know, let's ruin somebody's life. It's a form of recreation. They, people love taking people down on the internet. And I think that's so terrifying is because we've had freedom and we've had it so well for so long that we don't appreciate it. And it's, it's almost coming back around and we're censoring ourselves. The government doesn't have to do very much. They could sit back and go, look at this monster we created. Uh, as far as Joe, what you were talking about with, with big pharma and big tech and industry. I mean, I think we're realizing just how incestuous this system is. And it's not all about Donald Trump, but I will give Donald Trump credit for exposing it. He, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's a one man movement and we pin our hopes to one person. Cause I don't necessarily think that's true. I think there are a lot of other people who will assume the mantle, but he was the first one to open everybody's eyes. You know, guys, this system is screwed up on both sides. George W. Bush is just as bad as Clinton is just as bad as Obama is just as bad as Biden since 1989. It's been the same thing. Send the jobs overseas, perpetual war, illegal immigration. Why do you think we've never had any comprehensive immigration reform? Because it benefits both sides. The guys that own the factories, the guys that own the farms, they're donating to the Bushes. They're donating to the Romneys, just like the people that want the open borders to change demographics for voting purposes. Two sides of the same coin, guys. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Eric, to to that, uh, if you remember Donald Trump in one of his uh, speeches, he said, uh, they're not after me. They're after you. Right. I'm just in the way. 100. 
and that's and, and that's what it that's exactly what it is you know it's uh, it, they they are coming after people that they don't like they don't like what what you have to say i mean look at alex jones they destroyed that guy's life mm-hmm. i mean he is crazy and, but and he had a crystal ball cuz a I lot mean, of what I mean, he this said been, this guy this guy's been right in so many different topics mm-hmm. so many different topics yeah he donald trump it, Donald Trump's got a crystal crazy. ball. He makes it. He makes it sound as if it's a conspiracy theory. But holy crap! You go check out what his craziness. What craziness he's talking about? It's happening. That's exactly what's going on. So, uh, but but yeah, we created it. We allowed it to happen, and that's the. I think that's the biggest issue. And you know, we see it. it we just we we don't just see it on online. We see it in real. In, in real life, like you know, the Loudoun School Board, you know, we've been we've been on the national news for so many times, and they don't care what we have to say. They're gonna do whatever the hell they want to do, and that's the problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when when we went in there, we voiced our concern. Hey, we don't want this LGBTQ stuff in the school. We don't want this equity and equality crap down the kid's throat. And one by one, reports started coming out from other states, like uh, California, where Antifa teacher was posting, you know, Antifa flag and, you know, LGBTQ flag. Then you had another teacher having kids pledge allegiance to the LGBTQ flag. Then you had another teacher, you know, that had a poster that says, uh, F the US, F America, and uh, what was the other one? Um, the, F the, Joe the, Biden? <laughs> no, they, they had Mao. They had Mao yeah, on yeah. the wall. So, so you know, they you gotta you gotta look at it from a Chinese perspective. I should say. See, China functions on a very slow moving machine. So they start molding people from a very young age. Mm-hmm. So by the time they get to adulthood, they're already molded and they're prepared to mm-hmm. take action to receive the orders and basically comply to what's happening. So now take our school system, the young teachers, so-called teachers, they're coming in with this ideology, with this with this mentality that they're going to shape the kid's brain into their own mm-hmm. way of living, right? Yeah. So, and that's what's happening to us. And again, we've been sitting back, we've been blind, we've been deaf, we, we haven't said anything, we're just... Oh, you know, the Republicans are going to, you know, take it over and they're going to fix it. And, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. We haven't spoken out up until when, when 2016 election happened. Mm-hmm. It's basically, we, we just got a, uh, a breath of fresh air. We're like, okay, so this guy's in the office. He's an asshole. He talks like an asshole. And that's great. That's what we want. We want, we want somebody that goes into the face of the politicians and is like, hey, bro, screw you for doing mm-hmm. this and screw you for saying things like that. That's not how it's supposed to be. And when you have somebody like that, it gives me, you, Joe, and Bobby a, a perspective. It's like, hey, if he can say it, I'm going to say it too. I'm going to do it. So if you have more people doing this kind of stuff, I'm not necessarily saying be violent, but you know, speak the truth and speak the fact, and speak with feeling. You know what I mean? Like, show the passion that you actually believe this is what's happening, and this is how it's coming down. You know, it's trickling down to the small family in rural Ohio, or like in, in, in suburbs of Virginia, or in suburbs of California, or like in the apartment building in the middle of the project. Mm. You know? So, 
there, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, the people don't understand why is there a project? Why why do they develop projects? For what reason? They they nobody understands why because when you create these kind of things, you can control everybody. Everybody right. can be controlled. You have a community that can be controlled. So now we have all these illegal aliens coming in. Guess what they're gonna do next? The infrastructure bill. It's a bullshit bill. Mm. They are going to create other projects for these immigrants to be living in. In the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Correct. This is a bullshit bill. They are going to be building more project homes, apartment buildings, high rises. So well, they, yeah, they want to get rid of the suburbs. They want the suburbs to be a thing in the past. That's so the the do, you, do you guys see any new homes being built? As like as much like a big community single family homes. Yes, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, I mean, exception. <laughs> but in Virginia, it's all townhomes now. You hardly see single family homes being built. California, forget it. A land becomes available. It's an apartment building. It's not yeah. a single family home. They will mm -hmm. not allow you to build a single family home. You know, in a, in a concentrated. Area, That's a huge part of the reason area. they didn't want uh, they didn't want Elder uh, Larry Elder to win. In California, that's a huge part of the reason. Total crap. Yeah. <laughs> what a you got cheated state. out of that one, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, sorry. I know I'm taking up too much time, guys. I'll let you guys talk. I, I, when I start talking, I can't stop for some reason. <laughs> Go, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I think Joe froze. And Joe froze. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I thought he had just really good attention. Look at that. Wow, look at that. Oh, he's, he's still really frozen. Froze. <laughs> oh my God, you were frozen. Oh, am I still <laughs> frozen? <laughs> oh no, you're oh, reanimating. You're back. No. Oh yeah. All right. Well, hey, screw it. I'm gonna try and share this, but uh, guys. For all the talk about the big lie, hopefully you can still hear me. Um, <laughs> but for all the talk about the big lie, do you guys notice anything strange about this? Uh, yeah, come on. This in. video here. But it's here, here's the in. real issue. Anyone not not an expert? Okay, sure. Two years in law enforcement, eleven in the army, masters in homeland security. I, I know a thing or two about security. But you see all the cops with their backs turned, and they're kind of some of them are talking to each other. Uh, these two on the front right are turning around and looking looking back and talking. Now, here's the thing. Do you know what you see when someone's got like say a gun in your face? You don't because see that. Working, <laughs> yeah, all, all you can see is the gun. If you're facing a life or death threat, if something's trying to kill you, that's the only thing that exists in the world. If someone kicked in this door right now holding a shotgun, you guys are gone. You I mean, don't look, exist. On the, on the left side, the doors are open. Yeah. People are coming. So, <laughs> but I think... I think this judge and like God bless him. Okay, I, I believe this was a what whatever circuit DC's in fifth, twelfth. Who cares? It's, it's uh, the DC circuit. Yeah, uh, DC circuit judge. Um, I, I read this article just today. Like my memory is maybe I'm turning into Joe Biden. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but when he when he ordered them to release this stuff, 
I don't think this doesn't cause any security risk, any vulnerabilities. We know there are cameras in the Capitol. Surprise, you know, mm -hmm. like we know there are cameras in these federal buildings. But this is damning. This is damning to to their case to say, you know, whatever. You can see they just did the gas outside. Some of it's coming in the windows. But even still, right now, they're still cops just doing other bullcrap, talking looking for stuff. This is not how you face a life or death threat. The the composure of these officers and how some of them are just kind of chilling flies directly in the face, even though we've seen the videos of officers saying, come on down, guys. Oh, Nancy's office is right here. Oh, you're just going to take a picture. Sure. Even though we've seen this, this is a damning video. Yeah. Damning What's event, you? absolutely, yeah. No, you're you're 100% right, Joe. And, and as a criminal defense attorney, I look at this, and if I'm having a client go to trial on some insurrection charge, I don't think anyone's actually been charged with insurrection. It's Most of the people are charged with disorderly conduct and obstructing a government event or something to that effect. I, I'd be showing that going, look, if I had a client charged with trespassing, it, being invited, being an invited guest on the premises is a defense to trespassing. Look, they went there to exercise their First Amendment right. Law enforcement as the authority to tell people they can or can't come in the building stands aside, opens the door. At the very least, their body language, their mannerisms, it implies to anybody who understands authority when a cop stands in the way and you know, cop puts their hand up and says, stop, you understand that when they stand aside and their body moves to the side and they have an opening, you're saying, wow, I can go right in. You walk in. They're not stopping you. They're not putting the handcuffs on you. You believe. You have a good faith belief. Surely. In there. But here's surely the thing. they would stop me. Surely they would stop you. But here's the thing. If you went into the building under the auspices that you were invited in there and you didn't commit a crime therein, you didn't break anything, didn't hurt anybody, didn't steal anything, you should not be charged. I agree. And to my knowledge, again, I am, I'm not an expert in this. To my knowledge, the only things that you can hold people for for such lengths of time, extraordinary time at this point, are treason, espionage, and uh, uh, terrorism. Yeah, correct. So are, are they charging anyone with anything? Because it seems like a tall order to charge any of these people in that video taking selfies. There was, there's this one like sweet old couple and it like makes me sad because I know seeing them here, they're probably in jail right now, uh, but they're walking around, they're holding hands and they're just, they're looking around like they're amazed. They've clearly never been in the building before. Terrorist, insur or terrorist insurrectionist, espionage or treason. No, not a chance. Again, it goes back to the Democrats don't care about rules, laws, the Constitution. So sh those people should not be in jail, but they don't care. I mean, they it is unbelievable what these people are going through in jail. But the Democrats don't follow any rules. So that's what we're fighting against. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I just noticed your backgrounds. Like, <laughs> Spotlights. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. Speaking of backgrounds, guys, it's getting close. If you're in Virginia, please be registered to vote and go out and vote. I The number of people like my friends, I talk about politics a lot, you could imagine. But I have friends and they're like, oh, man, I forgot to vote. I just I'm like, what do you mean you forgot? It's like several hours of the day that you can go and vote. It's not like you overslept. Anyway,
go out and vote. Don't vote early and don't send your vote in the mail because you might as well just not vote if you're going to do that. Um, but anyway, I digress. I, I think these videos are pretty damning for whatever case they're trying to make. Um, and I'm just curious when when COVID has gone on so much longer than anyone I think thought possible. Lockdowns, mandates, all of this bullcrap. Mandates, in my mind, are just illegal. It's just the government's not our parents. If they want us to do something, hey, guess what? You got a legislature. Pass the law, get the governor, get the president to sign it. Boom, done. Um, when do you think if ever this insurrection business is going to be over, especially those people that are just wasting away. Guys, solitary confinement, usually just three days can cause permanent brain damage. And you want to talk about depression. You know, if you've been in solitary confinement since second or third week in January, I, yeah, that's just nuts. I hope those people, when they get out, they sue the crap out of this government sue the crap out of them because they want to talk about inhumane for a government that deals with terrorists business-like dealing with taliban with all that all the crap that they pulled in in, in afghanistan with all the uh for all of them allowing the destruction of last year during the blm and antifa riots yeah, $2 billion in damage. Those were the last numbers that I heard. Um, at least at least a dozen deaths, but we're talking dozens, if not hundreds of rapes. And uh, uh, what's the other crime? Aggravated assault. I think it's up 2,000% in Washington State. Uh, Good for them. Yeah. They, they, choose, they choose to be that way. I don't feel sorry for any of them, to be honest with you. I, uh, people who live in California, people who live in these these states who who got destroyed, it's their own fault. They're the one that created this this the, the this mayhem. So you know, oh, yeah. the, these people, I I honestly don't feel sorry for them. For those people who 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 actually got hurt, they need to get out because they're not fighting. So you you know they're not they're not voicing their concern. They're not fighting. They don't they don't uh, they're scared to go out and and voice their concern, and that's the biggest problem. You know, majority of those people, the Antifa and BLM, they're wimps. They're, they're, they, got, they got nothing. You know, they are not threatening people, okay? And I'm not scared of them. I, I don't care about them. I'm not scared of them. You know, they're, most of them are wimps. Most of them are, uh, they're still living in their parents' basements. You know, majority of them are gamers. They don't know what the hell's going on. They're all based on feelings. You know what? If they're if they're that sensitive, just hurt their feelings, man. They'll go cry. Just hurt their feelings. You know, they completely just, agree. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you know, start just hold the picture and just hurt hurt their feelings, man. They'll, they'll start crying. They're, they're, they'll scream so much that they'll have a freaking aneurysm in their brain. So, <laughs> I disagree in California. I think there's Trump won California, and I think uh, Newsom just did pulled uh, another fraud election. And I think uh, I, I feel sorry for Californians because that was just a, another fraud election. Bobby, I lived in California for 15 years before I moved to Virginia. Mm -hmm. I, when I migrated, that was the first place I went to. 
It was not like this. It was not like this. I left California in 2008, and that's when it was starting to like deteriorate quick. It was bad. And um, I, uh, my wife's from there. I'm from there. We both grew up there. And when, when I left, I had no intention of moving back. And every year when we go back to like see family and friends and and you know take our kids back so they could see their grandparents and all that stuff, we hate it even more. We we don't even talk about moving back there. That's that's what I'm trying to say. The the issue is the the, uh, the way California functions. It's on a base based on a socialist environment. Hmm. Eric grew up there too. I did, yeah. I lived there for 18 years. I grew up outside of Los Angeles, and it's you wouldn't recognize it now. I haven't been there in four years. Um, the traffic is oppressive, to say the least. The home prices are unaffordable. You can't afford anything over there. Um, the crime is out of control. The homelessness is out of control. It's, it's no place to live. I, I grew up in San Fernando Valley. Me too. So I'm from Conoco Park. Calabasas, Calabasas. Oh, you're in a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I yeah. kid you not. Here, here's the here's the funny things. Uh, a month ago, I was in California. My uncle passed away, so I was there. I was driving to church from my parents' house to church. The church is in North Hollywood, and I'm driving from Conoco Park. And I've driven that road for the past 27 years. I still see the same potholes. That was there for 27 years. 27 years. The potholes are still there. I was still, I was like so used to driving that road. Like as I was driving, I know where to ditch the pothole. Wow. That's, I mean, this this is how incredibly dysfunctional that state has gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you mentioned, the traffic, it's it's unbelievable. And it's so industrial. It's so, it's so, it's, it's dead. You know what I mean? Like all you see is structures. You don't see any greenery. You don't see trees. You know, it's, it's homeless everywhere. It, it, it is, you know, it's, it's the fault of the people who choose to live that way. Correct. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, you know, if, if you can try to change it, but you're outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like well, what County I is- have to say to Californians is if you leave California, leave your political ideology with you. Don't right. don't bring it out of there. Yep. No, I agree, but that's so matter. yeah, exactly. Texas is is on dire straits right now. Um, we got a question in the chat. I think Eric, you you may know this. Casey Gates asked, um, are the protesters in custody being treated as domestic terrorists? Well, basically, they're they're being held because the the U.S. government has demonstrated at this stage that they they are part of some continuing conspiracy or some continuing act of terror. That if these people were to be released, and it's not all five hundred and ninety five of them, or however many have been arrested, it's it's a relatively smaller number than that. The majority of people are charged with like disorderly conduct. These are the ones that may be charged with. Um, 
no one's charged with insurrection. Nobody's charged with treason, but you know, assault on a police officer or something like that. The the federal government has managed to convince these judges that these individuals, if released, would possibly get together again and conspire against the United States, which I think the evidence is showing, and the, the evidence even released earlier in the summer, that there, this was not an organized thing. It was meant to be a peaceful march. It was meant to be a peaceful protest, and things got a little out of hand. Uh, but to call it an insurrection, to say it's an act of terror, is an insult to actual acts of terror and actual insurrections. Rather, it cheapens it. I think we realized it. I thought we would have, at the very least, when you saw people falling from planes leaving the airport in, in Kabul. Then that you realize that's an that's an insurrection right there. That's what happens. It's not mom and pa, you know, from Iowa taking a selfie in the rotunda. I think Taliban should sue the Democrats for taking the word uh, terrorism out of their vocabulary. That's that's a good. I'm, I may have to steal that for Twitter. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> Goodness gracious! All right, so we got about 14 minutes left. If you have questions, we'd love to answer them. Put them in the chat. Throw a couple of question marks up. Type out your question. Put a couple of question marks after the end. Uh, but Casey Gates is absolutely right. If you're still listening, then you like the show, so you might as well like this episode wherever you're watching, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, after the, the show's over, listening on podcasts. Like, share it with someone. You're obviously probably a conservative, that really bad C word, uh, not the Hillary Clinton C word, the other bad C word. <laughs> Share this with one of your friends and go ahead and subscribe to my show. Subscribe to Dimas' show. Subscribe to Bob and Dave. Save America. The links are in the description below. If they're not there right now, they'll be there. Who? Bob and Dave. Bob and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it would have been Dave and Eric, I guess. Uh, yeah, I typed in Bob and Dave. It was up there for like two days. I sent you guys the uh the thumbnail I, you didn't, I didn't, I didn't even see it i sent yeah. it to bob and bob's bob, like, what is bob and eric are very it. gracious <laughs> <laughs> yeah who's this am i fired no <laughs> um but yeah we we got to talk about the elections of it all uh, for a minute because you guys just spoke to the man i remember watching uh javon pulitzer speak at the senate hearing in georgia and I was like, it's about to go down. Like the the presence, the character, the confidence that he brought into the room, they should have just, he should have just done like a master class and no one else gets to speak. But he's talking kinematic artifacts. He's talking the historical record. Let's put the machines aside for a second. He's a big tech guy. He gets it. He's invented everything everywhere. He said, let's put all that crap aside for a second and just talk about the historical record that is a ballot which is powerful because I feel the same way. I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap about the faulty machines and they're, they're really twisted uh, companies that manufacture the stuff and whose pockets they're in, blah, 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 blah. Fraud can be verified with paper ballots alone, mm -hmm. period. In, all, in California, in Arizona, in, in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, and all the places. Uh, so you guys got to speak to the man. What... I, I, you first, Eric. 
if, if I could hear you, if I understood what you were saying, you're, you're talking about Javon Pulitzer. Javon Pulitzer was a guest on our show, and he's the foremost expert on the audits. And yeah, he talks about the artifacts. He talks about the digital record. But his whole thing was just look at the ballot. Look at what the ballot does. And he explains the way that forensically you could analyze a ballot and like take right. a sheet of paper and draw a line on that paper. And that paper has forever been imprinted that that the fibers are disrupted they will never be the same and you could look at it under an electron microscope and you could see how the fibers were disrupted so you could see like if someone if it's an original like how they tell an original from a forgery is you could see the actual imprint where the document is signed instead of being photocopied that's how you could tell even if for the naked eye to see it you can't tell the difference right. so that's what he's saying regarding the reports coming out tomorrow he couldn't stress on that too much because he's got to wait for the report hopefully we'll have him back he did say um a lot's going to be missing he said and i i kind of pushed back at him i said well what about the narrative from the left the left is going to say it's a failure he said the, the left is going to say that anyway you can't play their game they're going to say that anyway whether it's a smoking gun or whether it's a dud they're going to say it's a failure so we got to just toe the line he said look when, when it comes out tomorrow we, all of us, all of us listening, all of us watching, have an obligation. Pick up the phone, call your congressman, saying you got to do something. You got to do something. I can't add any more. That's exactly what he said. However, I was very impressed by how smart he is. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a tough one to have on the show because being a lawyer, when you question someone, you you – you want to know the answer that you're going to get when you answer a question. You kind of want to make yourself look smart. He's he's a tough one to question, man. He's like an expert witness. He's the he's the kind of guest if you get him on your show. Actually, from a podcaster's perspective, he's really good because he talks so much. You don't have to do a whole lot. You could just kind of go like, "So what happened next?" Well, let me tell you what happened next. And he just goes, and it, it makes your job real easy. It was actually a pleasure to interview him because I got to watch it as much as I got to participate. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Yeah, he's frozen again. Look at that. Look at that smile. <laughs> Paying rapt attention. Well, Eric, I remember yeah. in the show, you said one thing, and, and uh, Jovan came back and was like, no, you're wrong. And I was like, no, no one yeah. ever said that here. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. No, but he was right. He was right about that. Yeah. He's he's a, he's an aggressive, confrontational guy, yeah. but you can see why he's successful. He's got 200 patents. Pretty much like the, uh, the QR codes, the stuff on your phone, he invented that. We use his, what's he say? He's got 207 patents in that field. He's got over 2,000 total. He does over 100 patents a year, he said. Jesus, what's he worth? Four (laughs) dollars. He's got to be worth a a good amount of money, those those patents that are used the way they are. Yeah, I would, million. Man, he's he's spending time with with us plebeians. Good for him. him. He's a man of the people. No, we need you. There he, is. he needs he needs to uh, invent a better connection for me. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, you got to hardwire in, buddy. Hardwire you're, in. You're still using dial-up. <laughs> oh, hold on. Bob, Wait, Bob. I think somebody picked up the phone, man. <laughs> Bob, nineteen million. No way. That's what he's worth, $19 million. I don't believe that. He's the That's one that invented uh, when you open up a website, it fits your phone. I, someone's paying him pennies for that every time. $19 he million a week. $19 million. I, you think it would be more, but I don't know. Sometimes those those patents, you sell them or, you know, 
you don't necessarily you'll get rich off off patents, but uh, nineteen million is a, a nice chunk of change. Let's, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that. Let's be honest. He's a brilliant guy. His money's in his mattress. Nobody knows how much he's worth but him. True. Yeah, that's what he tells the. Uh, that's what he tells Forbes. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you're yeah, gonna have to have it. The back. heck do you want to know? <laughs> all right. Well, guys, you know we're we're about eight minutes early, but that's that's all that I just wanted to get into. I really wanted to because, like, I, I do want to speak with him at some point on air, off air. I don't care. He's just a brilliant guy. Mm. Um, let me see if I can get this on the screen. Maybe my screen will just go away. Yeah, but everyone can't stress enough. If you're not listening to Bob and Eric Save America, then you need to do it. Um, I like I like things I think about too. I actually uh, interviewed with Jim a while ago. I'm supposed to have him on my show. I was on his show, um, Dornick show. It's also really good. Basically. If there's a conservative show out there, guys, we're in the arena. We're putting it all on the line. Many of us have other jobs, which we can be fired from at any time. They just, they don't even need to be. Thanks for watching the show. You guys, thank you show. Demis, I'm not going to ask you this one. I'm going to pop us off and leave uh, Bob and Eric. But it's got to tell the audience, and you get the last word, if you could pick one book, to get everyone on earth to read and understand, uh, what would you pick and why? The Bible. Because it'll save your life and you live with Jesus for eternity. <laughs> All right. That's the, so that's the one rule I used to say it. I used to say an irreligious book because um, Mormons would pick the book Mormon Bible or Bibles. Christians would pick the Bible. Uh, Muslims would pick the Quran. Uh, so you got to go again, Bob. You got to go again. What one book? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It'll change your life. I'd get the uh, audio, though, because you get to hear him speak, and I'd get the audio. Um, me, uh, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Is very, very easy to read, digestible, and it applies to just about everything in life, every situation, any negotiation, any goal you want to attain. It's a brilliant book. Uh, generals have been reading it. Leaders have been reading it for a thousand years. I recommend it. Awesome. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Awesome books. No one's done The Art of War yet. Uh, so that's a first. Bob, Eric, Demis, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Everyone in the chat, thanks so much for watching. If you're watching on the replay, give us a hashtag replay in the chat. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Guys, that's all I got for you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.